Hello and welcome to A Couple of Goons, the only podcast where not one goon and not three goons or more than three goons, but exactly two goons talk about hockey. And we're excited. It is about to be playoff time. Uh, And I, Neil Payne from 538.com, I'm joined by my usual co-host, Walt Hickey of Insider. And Walt, uh, first of all, welcome to the show, but you are wearing... A yes. very dapper looking uh, very sweater dapper. right now. I Can am you describe it yes, for the audience? It, uh, it is great. It is Canadian. It is hand stitched. It is uh, it is a hockey sweater that is the Rangers uh, rookie uh, Alexis Lafreniere, and so it is a number f- uh, thirteen. And lucky uh, thirteen, lucky thirteen, and uh, much like me, he started his Rangers fandom this year and so i felt like it was that. and so yeah this is again like this is a callback to a previous episode where we talked about the sartorial choices of of, of hockey uh and and how people decide to dress themselves within the within the sport and uh and over the course of that we had a live interactive walt spends money on the internet and uh and here we are i mean that's amazing this is the product of uh all of that work that you put in in that episode and X number of weeks of shipping, plus it was held up at the border. I don't know what was going on with it. The, my name sometimes for or even like the border patrol just sees it flash red, and, and all of a sudden we have to get the back of the car checked again because of the incident in two thousand four. But either way, it's like you know normal. So you were responsible for the lockout. I, I never knew that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the what the the event <laughs> the event we will have to yes. talk about that soon. The unnamed event. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that, that will be our, one of our off season, uh, you know, multi-part, uh, series to go with, uh, parts two through 99 of the Gretzky <laughs> anthology, Brent Gretzky. I am so excited to serial that up. That'll be very fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the best yeah, sound yeah. editing you ever hear. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. And you know, for that episode, I will wear so I have a Rangers Gretzky jersey Ooh. that is extremely large, much too large for me. Uh, it's I think like a, I don't know, three XL or something like that, uh, that I got cheap at um, some sporting goods store. They were uh, I was like rifling through their uh, their rack of jerseys. Uh, and I was like, this is a Gretzky jersey, and it's pretty cheap. And uh, I checked the the uh, size, of course, on the label, but I don't think I truly appreciate it. I was like, oh, hockey jerseys, you know, they're pretty amorphous anyway. You can kind of, <laughs> you know, what's a size? What difference does it make? They, they, they run small anyway. And this one is, uh, it does make me appear like I'm a child wearing my, uh, my father's jersey. Uh, but that's <laughs> metaphorical because Gretzky is sort of the father to, to us all. Uh, yes. as as hockey uh, followers uh, who grew up after the 1980s that's just that's just the the reality there the, right there the uh so this week we're a little loosey-goosey because because you're for the first time behind the editing board which is a fun I time know. it just Very it frees exciting. me up of like the few responsibilities that i actually had on this podcast to keep the, the spice flowing are fundamentally eliminated so um see now i thought that there were <laughs> there were significantly more responsibilities uh but now that i'm seeing it from your perspective usually i'm just sort of like huh Walt, Walt really uh, overstated the amount of uh, work that's involved with this. No, this is really a testament to Zencaster because, I mean, we've got, like, uh, Walt makes a joke. Is that work? There we yeah, go. exactly. See? Uh, you know, we, we're, we're at the I arena. learned a new th- 
I, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I'm at an arena right now. How do I get that soundscape going? Exactly. Yeah. So hmm. this, I this almost is feel like good. I just learned a new thing in hockey. If only there were a sound that could occur after that happens. Oh, no, that's not that's uh, not the level up. <laughs> not the right one. Uh, but yeah. So you know, there there may be some abuse of soundboard uh, powers <laughs> happening. But what we really need, I think, um, before before you come back, because the reason this is happening is because uh, you will be taking a week off next week. Next week's episode. Yes. So we will have to. Um, to, to find a, a fill-in, uh, sort of like the house goalie rule, where it's a sort of like we look around, we f- see if there's a podcaster in the arena, and if they're <laughs> capable of it, emergency backup podcaster. No, I, I think we have better quality uh, uh, fill-ins than that. Uh, but what I was going to say is when you return afterward, don't be surprised if there's a lot of additions to the soundboard, uh, especially a lot of ones in the vein of like uh, drive time, wacky radio, like, hey, 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 drawing, <laughs> you know, wah, wah. Auga, <laughs> auga. Yeah, right. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, but, you know, and that'll be reminiscent of um, when the Atlanta Thrashers hired a uh, drive time radio shock jock as their uh, play by play voice and then regretted it immediately uh, <laughs> in their first season. But that's another story for another day. We go Thrashers, uh, you know, so at, at a certain point, we need to go Thrashers week, Thrashers month. Uh, just pour one out for the late lamented Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> Thrashers month. All episodes are all about the defunct Atlanta Thrashers. Coming on season two of A Couple of Goons. <laughs> <laughs> Gretzky year and Thrasher month. Uh, but no, today we are going to talk about the playoffs, which now we actually Woo! have a, a date for the playoffs starting. We didn't, I, I believe last time we talked, we didn't actually know that, which uh, <laughs> seems like something maybe we would have liked to have known. But uh, I'm glad we do know that now they're going to start on Saturday for the non-Canadian divisions and uh, a little bit later than that for the Canadian uh, division because uh, they've even made noise that they're going to finish the regular season uh, on the same day as the playoffs start uh, in that <laughs> division. So it, it's 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 a little uh, it's still a little special uh, over there. But yeah, we're going to break down uh, since we basically know the matchups. I mean, I th- believe the only unsettled matchup right now is we don't know who will be the top seed in the West, whether it will be the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, most likely, or the Colorado Avalanche. And mm. so that can have ripple effects on who they play. I think we're going to assume it's the Knights for the purposes of, of taping right now, uh, because in our odds, uh, which may be completely invalid by the time that people are, are listening to this, uh, but right now we we give the Knights a uh, an 80% chance of, of winning that division. Uh, so I think we're in reasonably decent territory for uh, yeah. making that assumption. So the rest we of talked this, about this, the matchups are set. We talked about this beforehand this week. I have, uh, I'm covering team of the week and team of the week is American Ninja warrior. The thing that is currently airing instead of hockey on the, on the, uh, frankly, like nearing its, its expiration, uh, NBC sports network. Yeah, it's in like the red dwarf, uh, red dwarf phase of its stellar <laughs> evolution. It's about to collapse upon its own gravity. It's uh, like, um, and- <laughs> have you ever seen the MTV schedule? How it's just ridiculousness oh, geez, all day. Ridiculousness every hour. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, soon it'll be that, but with the meat come car auction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I, I'm glad you guys talked about the Mecham car auction because I've often had many questions about <laughs> like why that is on uh, after or before hockey and like what it is. I, I like I, I don't know. Maybe we should, you know, when this podcast blows up uh, yeah, and, and we get some some proper sponsors, we should pull together some of that sponsorship money and and submit a bid to the Mecham auction, uh, but do it in like our 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 name that we submit or something like that our entry no is joke. like a a tribute to the NHL <laughs> on NBC Sports Network I would read like that like long form sports illustrated like the Mecom car auction used to be anchored by the NHL but in an NHL world this world where does it go now like I th- I think that that's fun like fear and loathing at the Mecom car auction Oh, I will do yeah. That. I mean, God, if, I am if like we a week, could, like, go... six days away from a vaccine. Let's do that. Like, <laughs> I am like, my antibodies are like at 88 <laughs> percent. Like, oh, my God. Yes. The idea of doing like some gonzo journalism at the Meekum uh, car auction. We should just do that anyway. Honestly, uh, that's just, like, like we can chop it around after the fact. That just sounds good enough. to like... Right. That that's yeah. Fear and loathing at the Meekum car auction. That is the title. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh uh first we before we talk about the playoffs we have to talk about uh jersey number uh yeah. representatives right for yes. this episode as far as my understanding is it it is episode 17 and my That's understanding correct. of that is only because we talked about 16s last week uh so you know uh i i think there are some great players to choose from i'm going to pick uh, I think the best 17 was Yari Curry. We talked about him mm-hmm. some with, with Gretzky as being yeah. uh, Gretzky's longtime uh, line mate. But I want to talk about Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, whom I believe we have also talked about. First of all, we're going full Atlanta Thrashers here, I suppose, because, <laughs> because of this. Um, he's one of the few, well, uh, in theory at least, if, if we consider him to uh, still be uh, an active-ish uh, player, uh, because he didn't play in 2021, but he did play in 2020. Uh, and so he could potentially still play in the NHL. Uh, he would be one of the last thrashers standing, which I, uh, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that I, uh, had at least at some point generated that list using Wait, really? uh, my database. Quick the question. Do you imagine, standing. do you imagine that the thrashers every year gather at like a tombstone to see, to check off the Tom teen of, of, of who eventually is going to get it? Delicious grandpa yeah. system and Mr. Burns left. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, it's a little like, um, you know, whatever the opposite of like when the Miami Dolphins used to like pop <laughs> champagne when like a team lost or whatever. They, yeah, they, they sort of funny. pour one out when another thrasher, you know, retires. And Kovalchuk could theoretically be that. Like I said, he, did, he didn't play this season. But um, yeah, uh, Kovalchuk, I believe we've talked about him in the past in the context of the crazy uh, contract, like salary cap skirting contract that he signed with the devils uh, at oh, one yeah. point that, that was this then guy. ended up getting invalidated. Yeah. Uh, so in 2010, he signed a 17 year, <laughs> a 17 year, $102 million deal with the devils, which of course was the <laughs> record for the longest contract ever. And that was a genuine deal to- with the devil. That's great. <laughs> A literal deal with the devil, yes. <laughs> uh, that was allowed to 
be a valid contract for exactly one day. And then the NHL blocked it uh, because it was very obvious that the Devils were trying to get around the salary cap by basically spreading out Kovalchuk's almost like an intentional Bobby Bonilla type of situation where it's sort of like your, your cap hit is based purely on just the average annual value across the entire length of the contract. So if you create a sham contract in which uh, the length is just absurd, and, and it should also be noted that in 2010, when he signed this contract, uh, he was already 26. So this would have taken him well into his 40s <laughs> if he actually, like they, they clearly had no intention of him actually playing uh, the length of the contract. Uh, and so, yeah, it was just this scheme to try to reduce their yearly cap hit while still keeping him, but being able to sign other players. Um, and the NHL salary cap had not existed that long at that point. So it was really during a period in which teams were, were trying to test the boundaries of what they could or could not get away with. And as it turned out, this was something they could not get away with. Uh, and so it got <laughs> invalidated and uh, the devil's, actually got penalized for this also, which is kind of hilarious. Like not only did they not get the contract uh, in, but then also they had to pay a fine of $3 million and lose their third round draft pick uh, in the following year. And then also lose at uh, one future first round pick within the next four seasons. Uh, And so they uh, they eventually didn't have to pay all of the three million dollars um, uh, and they kind of negotiated it downward. Um, but the funniest part of all of it is that Kovalchuk didn't even play with the Devils for much longer than that uh, because he <laughs> went to the he went to the KHL, uh, which also is uh, we've talked about in the context of being Putin's favorite uh, sporting. Uh, Did you see that he won? He won. He had a great game he, recently. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I mean, it's not a surprise. He's such an elite player. Um, but yeah, so uh, Kovalchuk didn't even play for the Devils uh, for like the majority of the years that he would have theoretically be, been under contract with them. Uh, and I think eventually he came back to the NHL in the 2019 season and the Devils like bought out his contract or something like that or negotiated some kind of um, uh, reduction in it that then he joined the LA Kings uh, at that point. I think he became a free agent. So the really from the point of the sham contract onward, Kovalchuk uh, really only played like a couple of seasons with the Devils uh, at that point. He uh, Sorry, he played a grand total of uh, under 200 games, 195 games uh, with the Devils before uh, – uh, uh, leaving for the KHL, but great player, great sniper. We're, we're devoting a lot of, uh, uh, tributes to snipers recently. You know, we're just in that kind of a goal scoring mood. Uh, and Kovalchuk definitely was one of the best ever, uh, probably not quite as good as Brett Hall, uh, who, whom we talked about, uh, last time, but he, he certainly is one of the best, uh, the game has ever seen. One of the best Russian players also. And that's number 17. Good number 17. Let's put it on the board and then just click any soundboard thing. Brick great. This is now yes. the permanent sound of adding somebody to the big board <laughs> of, of numbers that we have. I like um, it. Isn't that fun? Isn't that really fun? You oh, just like press a button so and, and music. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, 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 I could see it becoming a problem. Yeah. Uh, without like a very ironclad will to <laughs> resist the urge. And you know what? 
you need an iron will to be able to perform well in the NHL playoffs. And that's what hey! we're going to talk about right now. Look at that yes. segue. That is that is the king of segue. That's such a segue that it's almost as if you leveled up. Oh, my God. You leveled uh, up in podcasting. <laughs> Wait, no, what? what? I'm just, I clicked what dramatic piano. <laughs> <laughs> just to see what would happen. You know, we've also got... Vivaldi, which I think is that's like a nice, you know, uh, that's a classy That's what we started episode. last week with, right? That's, that's our Goons episode. It's classy. Yes, I love it. And then what else have um, we got? What's the next one? The next one's really uh, good. We got Pokemon. That's good. But what's next to Vivaldi? There should be a really good one. <laughs> it's playoffs, everybody. This is the couple there of Goons go. playoffs prequel. It's just great to talk over this. Anyway, yeah, so uh, this is... This is See, here's the thing, like, in another world, we would have maybe edited this out, but unfortunately, Neil's on the board tonight, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna run this. <laughs> oh, it's all staying in, uh, but that's the beauty of, uh, you know, our usual playoffs. podcasting style, and the playoffs, there, there's no do-overs in the playoffs. No do-overs in the playoffs. You can't do pickups, you can't do mulligans, you can't do some other synonym for getting a second chance at something, you just gotta well, leave my it all question. on the ice. There are no second chances in the playoffs, but quick point of order. There are actually second chances in the playoffs, right? They play more than one game, right? That is true. It's not one and That is true. Okay. I just, (laughs) sorry, you were just. (laughs) That is true. Yes. Uh, This is your first playoff. So, so you don't uh, fully. Let's not assume You haven't experienced the full uh, experience of it. So yes, they, they play a series best of seven series uh in uh normal seasons or even in this season last year i believe the first round was like best of five or something like that and they also had a very wacky playoff format uh to to kind of solidify the seedings we don't need Mm. to talk about 2020 2020 was weird uh we're gonna talk about 2021 we're looking at the future uh, and and the matchups uh to look forward to yes this year um and and really uh, where do you want to start? Well, where where uh, do you want to take us on our on on your first playoff voyage? I would like to um, let's go north. You know, go we north. talked a lot about the north. Let's talk about uh, so there's four teams that have made it according to um, just basic arithmetic, I guess. I was going to say according to your model, and I was going to say no, we're past that at this point. They're all like uh, they're matters of fact now, not yeah. probability. We'll just we've gone from from the scalpel of modeling to the sledgehammer of really just one number is kind of bigger than another number. <laughs> right, you had more points than this other team, so you're good. So you have Toronto, which is going to face Montreal, and then you have Edmonton. Woo, go Oilers versus the Jets. Yes. Which game? Which series do you want to talk about first? Well, I think the the one that we can talk about the fastest because it just yeah. seems kind of lopsided is the Leafs and the Canadiens. Mm. Now, the Leafs, of course, have a long history of uh, taking things where perhaps they should win and turning them into situations in which they don't win. Uh, sure. So, so we do need to be mindful of that. But essentially, if you just look on paper uh, at the two teams, I mean, the Leafs are clearly the better team much stronger metrics. If you look at ELO, 
the simple rating system, which is just goals per game, uh, differential adjusted for strength of schedule, points percentage, which is that thing that they officially use to uh, judge uh, the um, the standings, you know, that thing. Uh, I'm sorry, to, goals, to adjudge the standings. Adjudge. Sorry, yes. yes. The, uh, this is hockey, <laughs> hockey language we have to use. Uh, but the Leafs also scored more goals per game. They allowed fewer goals per game. Uh, they beat the Canadians 15 to seven head to head in terms of points in their kind of games against each other. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it is a little bit difficult to find categories in which the, uh, the Canadians would be ahead. I mean, maybe one is the possession stats where the Canadians were second in Corsi at five on five. Uh, whereas Toronto is 11th Corsi for, for, uh, for your benefit, Walt yes. is, Named after this guy who was, I believe, like a Buffalo Sabres goalie or kind of a goalie coach or something like that. Uh, and it's just like shot attempts, uh, w- uh, like share of shot attempts by a team uh, compared with all the shot attempts in its games. And it's a proxy have, for how much you had the puck, basically. I have interviewed somebody about Corsi before. I okay. don't know if you knew this. No, I didn't know that. I what have had an in-depth hockey interview um, the occasion is really great. You're going to love this. So you okay. might recall, we both worked for this website once called 538. Um, right. And while I predominantly covered cultural things there, I did, with our colleagues at ABC, um, go to the uh, various political conventions in my capacity as a 538er. Um, and so I did publish an article where, uh, I believe the, the extent of the title was, uh, I interviewed Anthony Weiner about hockey statistics at the Democratic National oh, Convention. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this now. Yes. yes. And then m- months later, events would occur that would fundamentally change the American image of Anthony Weiner in their hearts and minds. Uh, and then several months later, another event would occur that would do the very same thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, a lot of events. That's not, by the way, that's not the event that we talk about on this no. uh, podcast, but it's an, an event, uh, yes. <laughs> a series of unfortunate events. That was actually what that was. It was it about is the Anthony 2005 to 2006 career. lockout of, uh, of New York state city politics. Uh, but anyway, so yes, uh, I, I'm a little familiar with Corsi based on my conversation with hockey analyst, Anthony Weiner, but I would say that I, you know, I, would love to hear a little bit more over the course of our not even like now but just over the course of us kind of putting these teams up against one another love to hear a little bit more off 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 the stats on that end yeah and and that is one of the areas where the canadians would uh maybe get a little bit of an edge over toronto's in terms of like pure possession but we should also say the leafs generate better possession in terms of expected goals scoring chances high danger scoring chances so uh this to me Seems like a pretty heavy mismatch. Now, still in hockey terms, because it is so chaotic and random, that means that the Leafs still have only like a 70 to 75% chance of winning the series, uh, mm. which, you know, in a massive uh, mismatch in, you know, basketball, you would not expect the underdog to have like a 25 to 30% chance oh, yeah. of winning, but welcome to hockey. Um, but <laughs> I, I do think that this one is one of the most lopsided matchups of the first round. It might be the most lopsided matchup uh, of the first round. So, you so know, it has been a judge. Anything, anything can happen, but it has been a judge to be a very lopsided matchup. Yeah, it, it has been a judged uh, thusly. The other one, the Oilers and the Jets is uh, much closer uh, the Oilers should be favored. Uh, by the mm-hmm. way, shout out to Connor McDavid for hitting the 100 point mark in this Ooh. abbreviated uh, season, That's which impressive. is a. Re- 
ridiculous Gretzky-esque <laughs> performance. Um, but his team also looks looks better on paper than the Jets do. Uh, had a better scoring differential, more goals per game, fewer goals allowed, better ELO rating, and dominated the head-to-head series 14 points to four, uh, which, you know, the Jets, I think, played maybe a little bit below expectations this year, but... Um, uh, the Oilers exceeded expectations. I think it's fair to say um, this is like the the best version that they've had, probably with with McDavid leading the way. Um, so yeah, if if anything, the the one thing that jumps out to me in the stats is that the Jets might have the edge at goaltending with Connor Hellebuck. A lot of Connors mm. in hockey right now. Connor is a, a pretty popular name for Canadian children, I guess. Uh, Twenty five <laughs> years ago. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that, you know, you'll learn in the playoffs that, um, yes, it is a tournament to determine, you know, who hoists the Stanley cup, the team with the best grit, the best skill, the, the, the team that wants it the most, but mainly it's the tournament to determine who the hottest goalie is uh, over an arbitrary, uh, two month period. Uh, and so the, over at most 28 games this year, right? Yes. Uh, and so the, the, Jets with Connor Hellebuck kind of have at least uh, some ability to, you know, steal a series. Uh, but right now, the model gives the Oilers a 57% chance uh, of, of winning the series. But, uh, and again, like I said, they have um, most of the better indicators on paper. But you got to watch out for those hot goalies, man. That's good. And so you see Toronto being rather strong and then that second matchup being a pretty good matchup right exactly yeah um and again you know you hesitate to to say anything is like a lock and certainly nothing involving the maple leafs will ever (laughs) be a lock um but they they seem like the much better bet to move on and then with that second one it's like could be the most uh, you know probably the oilers but could easily be the jets also and uh just a pretty good matchup uh, I think because, you know, the Oilers have the dynamic offense of McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, uh, and the Jets actually have a lot more depth, though, uh, which I found interesting in kind of researching this is that, um, you know, yes, the Oilers have, like, easily the best two forwards in this series by far uh, with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but, like, the Jets probably have, like, the third best forward and the fourth and the fifth, you know, it kind of goes down. They have a lot more depth um, uh, and and they also have the edge at goaltending. So you could kind of see maybe that, you know, being able to roll um, more, more lines that can do damage uh, being an advantage for the jets. So we'll see. That's, that's, that's fun. And so I guess here's my kind of second question about hockey playoffs is, um, how do how are these broadcast? I know that like right now, you know, I basically am able to watch whatever the good people at the NBC Sports Corporation serve up on a plate and the New York games that are on MSG. Is that the case in the playoffs? Are these nationally broadcasted? Does somebody have the rights? Like how do, how are the how, how is my actual watching experience going to differ? Will I be able to watch these? Yeah, they're going to be on like the usual uh, NBC NBC Sports Network like uh, constellation of. Um, of networks basically. Uh, so you'll be able to watch them on that. Now you'll have to like check and see like, Oh, what's on what day. Uh, and 
you know, it's, it's probably going to be kind of jam packed at first. Like I remember last year, which was itself like a very weird, um, format, uh, with, with the playoffs being staged in like August. Uh, but they were also having the games on like back to back to back some of the days. And so I think they'll probably like stack some, some pretty good watching days, especially on like Saturday. I think there's probably gonna be all day hockey on like NBC related, uh, network. So NBC is going to go out with a bang. Don't, don't make no bones about it <laughs> in, in this playoffs they're, they're going to get their money's worth. All right. Um, so let's, let's take, uh, let's take Amtrak South to the East where we have the Pittsburgh Penguins facing the New York Islanders and then the Washington Capitals facing the Boston Bruins, um, which you want to hit first. Cause those actually all sound really good. Yeah. I think these are two awesome series and they're both closer than the closest one that we talked about, the the Oilers and Jets from the North. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of these series are more toss-up-y than that. Uh, and so Penguins Islanders, I think, is really interesting. You've got a, a really high-flying offensive team in the Penguins with, of course, Sidney Crosby, but they also have a lot of other players uh, that have kind of emerged and had great seasons like uh, Jake Gensel, Brian Russ, Jared McCann, uh, and, of course, Chris Letang on defense. Uh, all these guys are put up really good numbers this year around Crosby. Uh, Evgeny Malkin had a little bit of a down year by his standards, but he picked it up by, by the end, also uh, put up some pretty good numbers. So um, this is definitely a, a great offensive team. But then the Islanders on the other side are a great defensive team. They allowed about a half a goal fewer per game than the Penguins did uh, during the regular season. Uh, and they have a big edge at goalie also, mm-hmm. Uh, in part because Pittsburgh goalie situation, like Tristan Jerry, uh, kind of was shaky at times this season. They've, uh, you know, had kind of musical goalie type of thing going on with them. Uh, and so goaltending could be what brings down the Penguins, which it has been in the past also. Uh, but it's also been what helped them when they went on those Stanley Cup runs. So it's, uh, they've, they've had an interesting goaltending history, but Simeon Varlamov of the Islanders has been great all season season uh and uh his backup even Ilya Sorokin was also really good uh I believe a rookie this season one of the one of the better goaltender rookies so whoever you know picks up the bulk of the starts in net for the Islanders in the playoffs they're gonna have an edge in that series so it's really offense versus defense plus goaltending uh but for what it's worth the Penguins won the season series 12 points to six uh, in that one. And they have, they have, you know, slight edges in ELO, slight edges in uh, simple rating. And that's why the model thinks that the Penguins have a 54% chance. But um, that's pretty close to a toss up, to be honest. Nice. And then Caps and Bruins also seems very, very good. Yeah, it really is. And uh, this one really changed the complexion of it uh, at the trade deadline with some of those moves that we talked about, like the Anthony Mantha trade for the Capitals and mm-hmm. um, the Taylor Hall trade for the Bruins. Uh, and, you know, when when the dust settled on the season, it was kind of interesting that the Capitals had the higher points percentage. So they're technically the two seed in the East or, or, or will be 
but the Bruins had the better scoring differential. Uh, they also had the higher ELO rating because they kind of went into the season uh, better. And this is a short season. So what you do, you know, during the small sample kind of doesn't change things as much as you would expect uh, from an 82 game season. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, just looking at the full season numbers, the Capitals are the better offense, but the Bruins are the better defense. But I think Taylor Hall and sort of the way that the Bruins have, have kind of picked up their scoring contributions some since the deadline, you can maybe make the case that the Bruins have closed that gap some on the Capitals uh, in terms of offense. Uh, And it's just kind of a dead heat between the two in terms of forwards, in terms of defensemen, maybe you give the slight edge to the Capitals, uh, and of course we have to talk about this being, uh, the, uh, Zdeno Chara Memorial, uh, return series, whatever you want to call it. Um, Chara played forever for the Bruins. Now he's on the Capitals at age 43. Um, you know, not his best season, but it's still kind of one of the storylines in this. Uh, and I will then- say, I, yeah. I think that he's genuinely cool, and I knew nothing about him before that big fight game last week. But yeah, right. the, just the desperate avoidance of everybody in the Rangers organization, just be like, there's, I don't see a need for us to fight, sir. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's like you are literally two feet taller than any of us on skates. <laughs> so maybe we won't uh, try to tangle with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, a beloved player in the league. Uh, one of the best defensemen uh, of all time, I think it's fair to say. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to see him, you know, go up against his former team that didn't want him, you know, so uh, maybe they'll do something there. But, you know, I think the Bruins do have the edge at goalie um, this season. Uh, comparatively, if, if you look between the two teams uh, at the numbers, so that could be maybe a decisive factor in this series. Uh, the Bruins have this rookie named Jeremy Swayman, uh, who, had one of the best save percentages of anyone in the league, but they also have Tuka Rask, who uh, is traditionally one of the best goalies uh, in the league. So yeah, I, I would say uh, this one is like as close as it gets to a toss up and it's going to mm. be a really great series. And the model gives the Bruins a 52% chance, which oh, is whoa. like, let's just call it 50, 50 at that point. Is that the tightest uh, that we, that we're going to be looking at? Uh, I believe so. I'd have to, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is the it is the closest of all the first round series. Oh, and I also neglected to mention the Bruins won the season series by a very slim margin. Big surprise, ten points to eight. If that Ooh. matters, I don't know if it does. But especially given the way the two teams changed uh, some of their personnel, maybe that's not as applicable. But it's another sign to point to the lower seeded team is just right there and, and very competitive. That's fine. Now I am before we move on to the next one. I just noticed a small oversight, but I don't actually see the Philadelphia Flyers or the New York Rangers on this list. And that's no, like they they uh, uh, I think it was a clerical error. That, that seems uh, odd to me. They were left at uh, left out. Uh, yeah. Well, the Rangers, I will say, came a lot closer to the playoffs than the Flyers did. The Flyers, uh, who had aspirations to be a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, going into the season just this is a disastrous season for them and I think there's probably going to be some pretty sizable changes or you know a lot of uh, you know the normal Philly uh, hand-wringing over a season like this so 
this is the type of season you don't want to have probably ever for any team, but you definitely don't want to have as a Philly team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So did you guys also fire your coach an entire front office and then have James Dolan suddenly take an interest in the active management of your team? Uh, You know, I can't say that all of that happened. Uh, Although Alan Vigneault is uh, really on thin ice. Uh, I think no pun intended for, for this season, but um, yeah, the, the Rangers, you know, the, also I like the fact that the David Quinn thing happened like a week after the other stuff. So it's sort of like, what was that? I don't know why they gave him the end of the season, but no joke. It's like a lot more, it's a lot more troubling than just if it happened like at the same time, because I think it means that there's now a prolonged interest from ownership in the current goings on of the team. Like he paid attention for more than a week. And that, For a whole um, week, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and like, listen, like, I may need, I may be new to hockey, but I'm not new to New York sports, and I know one thing, which is that if if Mr. Dolan is looking at your team with uh, w- with eyes of hunger, it is going to be a bad couple decades. And so, as a yeah. result, um, I don't feel good. <laughs> I feel very bad right now. Yeah, a lot of pressure on Chris Drury, by the way, who uh, who went from being uh, like assistant GM two weeks ago or ten days ago, whenever it was, to now he is like the GM, the de facto president, and also in charge of the coach hiring committee. Uh, so good luck to him. Good, good luck to him in that. Great player, Chris Drury, by the way. Did you know he played in the Little League World Series? Anyway, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, as, as a kid, he did. And, and then he won uh, Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. Has to be one of the few players ever to win both a Little League World Series and a, um, a Stanley Cup. Uh, but that's another tidbit for that's for our 37th episode or <laughs> perhaps a, a 16th episode. He changed numbers inexplicably at one point in his career. Anyway, Interesting. I guess we already did our 16th. Unfortunately, we I could have made it about Chris Drury. Uh, no, that was the week that you were out, I think. Right. Or no, that was last week. Oh, no. I, it. I, yeah, it was last week. We missed the opportunity. If it. indeed Chris Drury did wear number uh, 16, uh, which he may not have. So, you know, we're, we're, we're playing it fast and loose in fast this loose. Uh, podcast. We did only uh, start no, that. Recur- he was 18. He changed his number to 18 next week. Chris Drury, let's mm. do this. Let's do this. Let's hear about Let's hear about Mr. Drury. But like, I, I want kind of a play by play. I can give you about Chris Drury just right here now. So I don't <laughs> think we can do that. <laughs> That's fun. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the Rangers have had a bad week and um the flyers have had a bad season but the east looks very strong this year like am i like i know that we haven't had any interdivisional play but this does look like a very decent division right kind of stacked up against other ones right yeah if if you look at the combined odds of the east teams to win the stanley cup they're at 23.5 percent uh which is higher than the north at least at 17.3 uh and it's like roughly neck and neck with the central which is at like 25 percent and then we'll talk about the west later because the west has two hulking behemoths uh that that are probably the two favorites to win the stanley cup in in the same division fun so then, uh, okay. I mean, let's uh, let's take ninety five down to Carolina, Nashville, Florida. Um, so we have got the Hurricanes versus the Predators, and then we've got um, a Florida head to head: the Panthers yes. versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, so uh, we are in Southern hockey. This is very Southern hockey. The Central Division is uh, just very, you know, Floridian. Um, yes. 
So which one do you want to tackle first? I am. So uh, I guess one quick question just to recap us. So do you have a team in the North that you're tracking that, that you like for this postseason? Uh, in terms of rooting? Rooting, yeah, because I got Edmonton up there. I don't have anybody in the East because I'm not a goddamn trader. But uh, <laughs> I'll probably, you know what? I'll, I'll probably take the the Leafs. Uh, I yeah. um, always sort of feel like, you know, one of these years they're going to break through. And if, if they're going to have that breakthrough, this is probably their best chance in a long time. Like we're talking decades since they've had a team that seems this good. So obviously they're not going to win. Uh, but uh, here's the great beauty of all of it is at least one Canadian team is guaranteed. Well, actually (laughs) just exactly one Canadian team (laughs) is guaranteed to be one series away from the Stanley cup final. So it's sort of a, you know, a double edged sword. It's like, you can't have more than one, but you're guaranteed to have exactly one. Minnesota is angling towards annexation. If you ask me, but (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, we'll deal with that uh, when when we we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right now, we need to talk <laughs> about southern teams, southern teams that are thinking about seceding in a different direction for a different yes. reason. No, Florida they're, cutting they're it off. Solid. The they're sticking. They're sticking with the NHL, not joining the a, Southern Hockey League. Tell us, so I like the Carolina Hurricanes. We, we were, I picked a little rooting interest in the other three divisions, and I like the Carolina Hurricanes a lot. They're very fun. Um, wh- what's that matchup like? Yeah, and and well, the Nashville Predators are Emily Shearer, our kind of oh, de facto yeah. uh, co-host. Uh, her favorite or her uh, second favorite team behind the Boston Bruins, of course, uh, her her beloved Bruins. But behind that, she's a she's a Predators fan. So we've got some some rooting interest in this, I guess. Um, we do. I, I think the Hurricanes are the better team. Like it's another one of those. It's not quite as lopsided as the Leafs uh, against the Habs. Uh, and also there's not quite as much history or Canadianness to the, to the matchup. <laughs> um, but the Canes, you know, they had the better points percentage, better, uh, SRS by far, uh, predators were like kind of an average league average team. Hur- uh, hurricanes had much better, uh, ELO rating. They scored a lot more goals per game. They allowed fewer goals per game. Uh, and again, this is a, just another, uh, case of, Really, your your selling point if you're the Predators to try to win this series is the edge at goaltender uh, mm. and being able to kind of steal series along that way. So Juicy Saros uh, of the uh, Predators was one of the better goaltenders in the league. They also have Pekka Rene, who I believe is going to retire at the end of this season, but uh, has had like a long and storied career. Played his entire so his first season was 2006, and he's played his entire career with the Nashville Predators. So you know, Ooh, not many players can say that they played that long with one franchise, much less a franchise that you know uh, it, it came into existence only eight years before uh, uh, Rene joined it. So uh, yeah, that's the selling point if you're the Predators uh, to have a chance in this series is another one where the goalie can get hot and steal the matchup but otherwise you know the edge is quite sizable i think at forward at defenseman you know the hurricanes are a kind of an an underrated team i don't think a lot of people thought and us included thought that they were going to win this division especially in the same division with the lightning uh and they have surprised a lot of different people and you know don waddell just to keep this thrasher focused he's the gm of the um, panther uh, of the uh, hurricanes and when he was with the thrashers he was no joke 
I think the worst GM in the history of hockey, if you look at all the 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 way that he sort of uh, ran that franchise in the ground from like day one, like their first draft pick was Patrick Steffen, who will forever be immortalized as the man that had an empty net. Not only did he not score into the empty net, he slipped and fell, lost the puck, somehow flicked the puck in the wrong direction that allowed the opponent to get it launch an attack on his goalie and score before time expired to tie the game and force overtime. The most epic fail in the history of hockey. Hopefully we can put a YouTube link to it in the, in the description. But uh, that was the first overall draft pick that was made ever by Don Waddell, uh, which and the rest of his thrashers tenure was the same, but he has been actually really good. I have to admit that as uh, running the Carolina hurricanes, he has been, fantastic like all of his moves for the most part have worked out uh great now his predecessor ron francis uh you know laid some of the groundwork now he's the gm of seattle and probably wants some revenge against carolina at some point for for unceremoniously dumping him uh from the gm spot but waddell you know as the successor to francis has done a great job with carolina and it's really a testament you know the fact that they won this division and now they're you know pretty heavy favorites 66 percent to win uh in the first round against the predators so upset is very possible but all of the factors are pointing in carolina Carolina's favor, I think, except for the the goaltending. Fun. All right, that's a that's a good matchup. Uh, I have so, to find a way, apparently, to work the Atlanta Thrashers into every single you do. matchup. I've seen your contract. You really? It's it's like literally in the like, yeah, right. Um, I wonder. Uh, so you know, next up, I like it's gotten to the point with the next matchup that like, I saw like a wall street journal article hyping up the fact that two Florida teams are playing against each other in the playoffs. What, um, tell me about the Panthers versus lightning. Yeah. The battle of Florida. Uh, and this one is going to be really good. And there's a lot, there's like no love loss between these two teams. Also, uh, they had exactly the same points percentage, uh, this season, almost the same SRS Florida, uh, was ahead by 0.03 uh, goals per game on that. Uh, the Lightning have the better ELO rating, but the Panthers uh, outplayed the Lightning head-to-head during the regular season, 11 points to six. Uh, Panthers are an offensive-minded team. They scored more goals per game. Lightning have a better defense. Uh, uh, and and in terms of goaltending, I really could uh, see it going either way. I mean, statistically, the Lightning's goaltending was not quite as good in the final analysis as we probably uh, thought, but mostly that was because of really, 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 really bad backup goaltending. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, their top goalie, is still you know as good as ever, and he'll uh, definitely be seeing the the time between the pipes during the playoffs. So if you just looked at the regular season numbers, you, uh, you might lean toward uh, Florida uh, in, in this matchup, but I think that... The Lightning, you know, they won the cup last year. They had an amazing season, uh, and they battled through the adversity of the uh, bubble. The year before that, they had an amazing regular season and then flamed out immediately in the playoffs in the most embarrassing way possible. So now I think they've kind of kind, uh, almost like merged together the two seasons where they played really well to start the year, 
kind of made sure they were going to handle their business of at least, you know, making the playoffs and being, you know, a reasonable seed in, in the central. But then they seemed like they kind of took their foot off the gas at the end of the year and, and really just wanted to kind of make sure that their guys were healthy and they were kind of getting into the playoffs. And uh, Victor Hedman, who's their best defenseman and arguably the best defenseman in the league, he's still not fully healthy. He said that he's been kind of playing through an injury for months now and probably uh, will have to do that through the playoffs as well. And that's kind of a big blow for them because he's probably their best player uh, when when healthy. Uh, but aside from that, uh, you know, they, they're, they've been looking forward to getting Nikita Kucherov back uh, all season long because he was uh, still is in theory one of the best players in the league um, one of the most dangerous um, scoring threats in the league uh, but he has missed the entire season with an injury but he is on track to play in the playoffs uh, he's been kind of skating and a lot of people have been saying like this is maybe a ploy to circumvent the cap so that you know because the cap is based on like the days that you exceeded the cap during the season. And if you're sort of have a player on injured reserve, you can kind of take off some of his, uh, his cap hit when he's not active. So there've been some conspiracy theorists that are like, (laughs) they, they intentionally kept Kucherov off the active roster the entire season. uh, Even though if he needed to, he could have played because they don't, uh, they're like right up against the cap uh, by a matter of like, hundreds of dollars like it's kind of crazy how close they are or, or like a thousand dollars um okay. so there's I've, that so i'm not a conspiratorial person but like if they're like uh, like a thousand dollars away and if you played a game they would go i think that there's a reason that like that's that's not a conspiracy theory just so much as like being aware of the concept of addition like yeah yeah uh but again he is on track to play and uh adds like another dimension uh, for them, if he is healthy, again, he he has not played since uh, the playoffs last year. So, uh, you know, I think that this one is pretty well close to a toss up. It's it's very similar to um, the uh, the what was it the Capitals and Bruins that we talked yeah. about, where I can see the arguments for both teams. I think the Panthers do have the better offense, but whatever Kucherov can add maybe closes that gap. I think the Lightning are better uh, defensively than they appear on paper just because their backup goaltending was so bad and that won't really be an issue, they hope, in the playoffs. Uh, And, yeah, I would give the edge to the Lightning. Our model gives the Lightning the edge also 55%, but um, the Panthers had just an incredible season. I mean, the fact that the, the Lightning would slip down to the three seed in this division was kind of unthinkable, even at like mid season. Uh, it's, it's really amazing that that happened. And it was a testament to how well Florida basically uh, punched the lightning in the, in the mouth metaphorically, metaphorically. Uh, <laughs> down the stretch of the season. There, there were a lot of head to head matchups where Tampa could have, you know, surpassed them and surpassed Carolina even. Uh, and they didn't. And that's why, they're sort of stuck. Uh, and to be honest, you would much rather, if you were Tampa, you would much rather be playing Nashville than having to face Florida and not have home ice advantage. So, I mean, this really, uh, you know, they've made the playoffs. They're probably the better team talent-wise, but, you know, they've opened the door for for something crazy to happen and really destroyed their um, Stanley Cup title defense. Sweet. So... 
so who do you think comes out of this division? Like you, by numbers? Oh, it's such a tough call because of the seeding uh, situation. Um, the the numbers think that it's basically a toss up between the Lightning and the Hurricanes at this point, and it's like the Lightning get that way because of the talent edge, and the Hurricanes get that way because of the seeding. Uh, Interesting. So I don't know. I honestly don't know. And and Florida's very good. They could they could easily beat the Lightning in this series and knock them out in the first round. All right. Uh, and so now we get to the confusing one, which we don't actually have matchups for yet. It's the it's the least. <laughs> um, what yeah. we know is that the St. Louis is the fourth seed. Minnesota is probably the third seed, kind of based yeah, on. Yeah, I would what say they're almost mo- certainly the the three yeah. seed. Yeah, like there's the real question is who yeah. wins. Yeah, uh, the division. And so that is obviously going to throw into flux the matchups, and so it could either be Minnesota versus either of the top two teams, or 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 vice versa, obviously. Um, so just kind of generally, however, this comes out looking like what, what are the general, like the avalanche and the Knights are both very strong. Yeah. They're, they're much better than the light, uh, than the blues and the wild. I mean, I think it's safe to say that the Knights are probably going to be the top seed. Um, uh, just because like the avalanche have to win, like, like a confluence of events have to happen for them to, uh, to leapfrog them. Uh, and, you know, whoever gets to face the Blues in the first round, apologies to the Blues because they did win the Stanley Cup in uh, 2019. But uh, it's it's really going to be a lopsided matchup for either Colorado or Vegas. So if we assume that it's Vegas, yeah, they they just are across the board better numbers this season than the the blues in terms of just every category you could possibly think of including the head-to-head matchups during the 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 regular season so that would be about a 70 percent chance for the Knights. so again the blues it's not like they have no chance uh to to win that series but uh it, it would be uh surprising let's just put it that way uh and then in terms of the wild and the avalanche i mean the wild I've always thought they were an interesting team this season. They had their moments where they seemed like they might ascend to kind of a higher tier, but then they tailed off and regressed a little bit. And the avalanche have been amazing uh, after overcoming their own little kind of mini slump at mid season, they've really turned it on uh, down the stretch of the season and they're the best possession team in hockey by Far, I think. And Mm -hmm. the Golden Knights are probably the second best. Uh, But if you look at the domination that Colorado has in these categories, they're number one in Corsi. They're number one in Fenwick, which is a fun name for a stat that is very similar to Corsi. Again, it's a (laughs) proxy for possession. Yes. Uh, Based on... based on shot attempts, uh, one uses unblocked shots. One uses block uh, includes blocked shots, <laughs> but the, it's, it's kind of an academic difference between the two. The avalanche are number one in share of expected goals, uh, in their games. They're number one in share of scoring chances in their games. And they're also number one in share of high danger chances generated. So they're easily the best, uh, at these kind of underlying possession, uh, metrics in the league and that's what makes them very dangerous even if they slip to the two seed uh, in this division uh, just looking ahead I mean they they seem like one of the few teams that is going to put up like a very serious uh, bid for the for the 
Stanley Cup. Uh, and so, yeah, if they went up against the Wild, I mean, maybe you could make the case that the Wild have the better goaltending uh, situation, and that might be sort of the Achilles heel for the Avalanche um, as they look ahead to the playoffs. Uh, and again, goaltending is so important during the playoffs that it could trip up an otherwise great team. We've seen that happen uh, before. But at the same time, we can't really predict what goalies are going to become hot or not uh, during the playoffs. So it's kind of a fool's errand to say like, oh, well, this guy didn't have a great regular season. So, uh, you know, obviously he'll be a liability in the playoffs because we've seen situations where goalies looked like they're going to be liabilities and then they stood on their head for two months and carried <laughs> teams to the, to the cup final. Um, so, yeah, I think the Knights and the Avalanche, no matter how it kind of shakes out, uh, are going to be pretty heavy favorites in their um, respective first round uh, matchups. And I hope they both win. No offense to the Blues and Wild, because I really want to see a Knights versus Avalanche um, division final, whatever we're calling yeah. this round, second round uh, for the right to go to the um, the final four. Because these are the uh, best two the teams NHL. according to ELO in your in your system. Yeah, and, and according to pro- probably also the Vegas odds, also mm. they they would consider these to be the two best teams in the league. I, it's uh, it's they're so far ahead probably of the rest of the league that it's difficult to even think of like who would you make a case for. Like at one point you would have made a case for Tampa Bay, uh, you know, being in that conversation. But the way they've finished the season, you can't really justify that. Boston has been up and down. Maybe with Taylor Hall, they they could maybe make a run at that tier, but probably not. Carolina's been great. Pittsburgh's been great. Toronto's been great, but they've all have like flaws that in in ways that uh, Vegas and Colorado don't. So yeah, I'm to me, so... these are two the uh, easily the two best teams in the league. And like, so I'll just run this math by you. I think I'm right, but like their odds of winning the finals, according to your model is by definition suppressed due to the fact that they are in the same division, that if it were a situation where Colorado were in the North, right, then you would actually like the, their combined odds of winning the final are quite high that by virtue of being in the same division, it's actually underestimating numerically their actual talent and, and, and skill. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. And and that's kind of crazy to say because they both have the two best odds of winning the cup of any team uh, with Vegas at 15% and Colorado at 14%. So yeah, you're right. In the absence of being in the division with each other, they would uh, probably be uh, higher than that. But there's the other effect at play also is like whoever emerges from that mm-hmm. is going to be you know, almost like the, the, uh, wolf in the hen house or whatever the, (laughs) whatever the comparison is, because, you know, one of those two teams is probably going to be the number one overall seed. Like whoever wins that division will probably win the president's trophy. I know there's like an outside chance that someone else could swoop in and do it. Uh, but, uh, and of course the president's trophy, as we've established is a shit tier trophy because it's cursed. Um, but also, it makes you the number one seed if oh. you do emerge from the, um, uh, you know, out of the the second round of the playoffs this year. You would play the four seed, so you basically would play the worst team to emerge from the worst division, or you know, whatever it would be uh, in, in the in the third round. So you, it's actually quite an advantage i think for the team uh, if you're colorado or if you're vegas and conditional on like one of those two teams does win and come out of the west uh they are 
pretty well positioned to play a lesser team uh, again after doing it in both the in the first round. Then they'll play each other in the second round, and that'll be a bloodbath. And then <laughs> they'll play a almost certainly lesser team in the third round with the chance to go to the Stanley Cup final on the on the line. That's pretty good uh, situation, I think, to be in. Not bad, yeah. So uh, I know that we're almost out of time for the day, but I guess like clearly over the course of the playoffs, we're going to be talking about the different playoff traditions. Even I know about playoff beards. Is there anything like, is there any like, you know, good luck, bad luck stuff that we should know just to kind of wrap it up? Because there's no games um, to watch this week, except the I guess the playoffs start on Saturday, right? The playoffs start on Saturday, except in the North. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I would say the um, the the playoff traditions. Yeah, the playoff beard is is gonna exist. You're already working on one. Kudos uh, for that. I've been um, working on one since I was like 19. <laughs> <laughs> but now you can say it's a playoff beard, You're right? No, um, I can't because I'm wearing a Rangers jersey, and that's no longer believable. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, you need that Golden Knights jersey uh, <laughs> asap. Um, uh, get on nhl.com slash shop. Um, but yeah, promo code say, goons. No, it's not promo that. code goons. Get 50% <laughs> off your first. first That's not purchase. true. It's not true. Not, not true at all. Not true. <laughs> uh, someday we hope. Uh, no, uh, you know, there's like, uh, you know, a lot of superstitions, uh, but those vary by player. I would say uh, the big tradition is after the series is over the the sportsmanship of shaking you know kind of coming into a line at center ice and shaking hands with the opponent that you just spent the last week plus just trying to murder you then have to you know look them in the eye and and shake their hand uh so i think that's like a big tradition uh but yeah you know mostly it's like superstitions that vary on the um player level like when you skate out on the ice don't let your skate touch the blue line when you're doing uh, you know when you're when you're doing the uh the pregame uh <laughs> warm-ups all right so that's a good one to get us started um cool so i guess watch the playoffs starting this weekend and then uh you'll see people next week i won't uh but i'll see like yeah it'll be fun to get, get this going enjoy the enjoy the start of it i guess yeah uh excited and and i'm excited to kind of you know, watch the playoffs for the first time through your eyes. I think we're all yeah. going to get that opportunity. Uh, oh, it's going to be great. Fun. Fresh, fresh look at the playoffs. Fresh look at the playoffs. Fun times. I'm excited. <sighs> Neil, where can folks find you? Uh, they can find me at 538. They can find me on Twitter at, at Neil underscore pain. And of course, they can find stats for hockey on my GitHub at uh, Neil Payne 538. That's what about you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Walt I have a numlock newsletter. You should check out numlock and then I'm at insider. Uh, and then I'm taking a vacation for like a week. So don't talk to me anybody, but, um, I'll see you on the other side. It'll be fun. (laughs) Yes. And we'll be deep in the playoffs by then. So, uh, we'll see you then and, uh, have a, have a great playoffs. Everyone have a great playoffs. Take it away. Jacques. Bye.